0: Life Audio. Hello, and welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast with Trisha and Michelle. We're just two friends reading through the Bible chronologically and encouraging you to do the same. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Bible Podcast, or go to our website, dailybiblepodcast.net. We are going through the One Year Chronological Bible, and we have links for that in our show notes and also
1: at our website. Also, if you're on Facebook, make sure to check out our community group where we get to know each other. Okay, so if you're in the group, I want to know the month you're born. You don't have to give us your birthday, but I would love to know the month you're Ooh. born. Do we have any January birthdays? I'm Ooh. asking because today is my twin's birthday. Oh, So my twins, happy birthday, Jordan and Lauren are 21. Uh they told me to give them a shout out, which means they have to listen to the Bible podcast to hear the shout out. So happy birthday, girls. And let us know your birth month. I'm in July, Michelle. I'm Uh, in June. You're in June. Yep. So we're going to see. I don't know. It's fun to see. So if you're in January, also happy birthday.
0: Yes, happy birthday to you. Okay, so yesterday we finished Genesis, and today we are reading Job. And just so you know, the account of Job is traditionally thought to have taken place around the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or shortly thereafter. So just think that as God was promising Abraham that he would have descendants, as many as the stars in the sky, as many as the sands along the seashore, He was working in another man's life in a mighty way. Like sometimes I think the Bible, as we're reading the Bible, we're like, oh, it's just like, it's, it's like a a plane, you know, it's like a straight line. Like God is just working in this man's life. And we forget that there's so many other incredible, Mm -hmm. probably incredible stories that are being written at the same time, but we don't, we don't hear them or the Bible's not laid out so that we see them happening at at the same time. And so anyway, uh, God was working in Job's life as we just read Genesis, the end of Genesis. Job was probably going through what he was going through. So today, we read Job 1, Job 2, Job 3, and Job
1: 4. Okay, we start here with, there was once a man named Job. Like it's a fairy tale, like a nighttime fairy tale. There once was a man named Job. And we're just going to let you hear about his life. And then you're like, Oh my goodness, poor Job." As you start getting through, I have to say this time reading through, I like Job, love Job a lot more. Cause I understand mm. the poetry part. Like all that we learned last year just helps me understand it mm-hmm. so much more. So the seven words open up one of the most challenging books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so Job lived in us and God called him completely blameless. God, uh, Job Feared God and stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he was rich with thousands of sheep and camels. And oxen and donkeys. So today they have designer bags and shoes and jets. But back then, that's how you showed you were rich by all those animals you had. He had lots of servants and he was the richest person in the area. His children, when they had feasts, Job would offer burnt offerings in case that they sinned while they were having their feasts. So he was blameless. Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. So on one ordinary day, we get a glimpse into heaven and members of the heavenly Courts present themselves before the Lord, and Satan shows up. Which is just like, what? This is just so interesting because the Lord actually points out Job to Satan, calling him the finest man on the earth. Like, look at my, look at my servant Job. And Satan insists that Job is only good because God protected Job and blessed him. And so God allows Satan to test Job. He says, do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. And Satan took him seriously, and soon the oxen and the donkeys were raided. All the farmhands were killed. Fire fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the shepherds. More raiders stole the camels and killed his servants. Like, this is a bad, bad day. Bad Mm -hmm. day. Finally, a powerful wind kills all of Job's children, and one by one, few servants escape and tell him... Job tears his robes and mourns, but he still praises God and does not blame God. I mean, what happens in your darkest moment, what comes out of you truly is what's in your heart. And Job still prays God. So then Satan again goes before God and prays. God again points out Job, he has maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Satan then is allowed to strike Job with terrible boils. And even Job's wife urges him to curse God, but Job doesn't. Job says, should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? I mean, that is true, Mm -hmm. true faith in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Job's three friends then show up and they all sit with Job in grief and pain. And then Job finally curses the day of his birth. Because finally, like, I think it probably took a while to sink in everything that happened. But even then, Job doesn't curse God, even though he's seriously troubled. He doesn't curse God. And then Eliphaz starts by telling Job that Job has helped others. And basically, Job needs to take his own counsel, which means that Job should still have hope. And Eliphaz also says that he had a spirit. And this is kind of a weird part of the reading. He had a spirit visit him, declaring no mortal is innocent before God. Uh, and that whole spirit thing showing up was just very, I'm like, it's, what's, what's that spirit? Come from? Anyway, mm-hmm. but while this is true... And no man or woman has been pure before God since Adam and Eve. This message was not helpful to Job in his distress. No, I'm sure so, it wasn't. Like, yeah. That whole thing is, okay. Are you trying to help your friend? Cause it doesn't sound like you're trying to help your friend here. No,
0: but I want to go back. I want to go back because yes, we're going to get into how the friends are not helping Joe, but I want to go back to the fact that that they rushed in. These were friends Mm -hmm. who rushed in to sit with him in his grief. They sat with him for seven days and seven nights with no words. Like that's hard to do. Like they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to Job, for they saw that his suffering was too great for words. And this was something that was common during this mm-hmm. time. The friends do get a bad rap, as they should. <laughs> but I, find, I found this little research in EnduringWord.com. And um, let's take a look at what they did for Job. They came to Job they wept for and with Job. They mm-hmm. sat in silence with him for seven days. They intended all the best for Job and were persistent in waiting and doing what they thought was the best for Job. They spoke their opinion about Job and his continu- and his condition to Job himself, instead of speaking about him to others, which I had never considered. And I was like, you're right. I mean, you're right. We get pretty upset with the, the friends, but they didn't speak to anyone else. They came to Job. And while they sat there with their mouths shut in those seven days, they did a pretty good job of comforting him mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. seven days.
1: I I do like that because some of the things they say coming up, we're going like, to be like, no, don't say that. <laughs> but the fact that they did come to him, it was comforting. And my friend Natasha Smith has a book about healthy grieving, and the title is "Can you just sit with me
0: mm. um and
1: so sitting with our friends in their grief is important, yeah, um so that I, I do love that
0: it is important, but i I agree. I felt like job's first speech it may have seemed a little over the top. Oh, why was I born, and we don't know the tone. You just can't help but seem that's, that's just a little sarcastic. But we see Job has these big questions for God, these, these humongous big questions because he's going through such deep grief. Mm-hmm. He just lost everything but his wife and his one last ounce of help. Like you don't pop out of grief and sadness right away. Mm-hmm. Job's suffering is and should be informing our suffering. Can God handle Go- Job's grief and questions? Absolutely. Can he handle our grief and questions? Absolutely. And according to the ESV study Bible, the vocabulary of Job's lament is the beginning of a theme throughout the dialogue with his friends in which darkness and light will be used to refer to both dead and life,
1: as well as what is hidden in, and what is revealed? Mm, so good. I love that. But note, take note of what Michelle just said. That um, the dialogue about darkness and light, and we're going to see a lot of themes. So um, I've been listening to a book describing Job Moore, and it's poetry. It's a book of poetry, and there's a lot of amplification. Mm. So when he's talking about darkness, it'll say dark, and then it'll say like the dead of night. The sh- darkest shadow, like it'll go, it'll amplify the darkness, mm-hmm. but then it'll also amplify the light, and that's that was a form of Hebrew poetry. So, well, you may say, okay, he's just repeating the same thing. If you read it in the Hebrew, which the translations do an excellent job, because we're translating from Hebrew to English, so they do an excellent job. But it seems like he's repeating the same thing for multiple verses, it's because in the Hebrew poetry is amplifying to show how truly dark this is. Like, Mm. this is the darkest dark. It's darker than a dark sheep's wool. It's darker than the darkest part of a cave. It's darker than a night without stars. So it's it's poetry, it's amplification to show you how really bad things are. So if it seems like some of these themes are repeating it's because it is that amplification which is part of poetry. Also, Job does seem dramatic and over the top, Mm -hmm. but Again, it's poetry. So beginning, we talked about, Michelle said, it's like once upon a time. Um, In ancient, those who study ancient Hebrew, there's actually four types of poetry in this book. So the poetry we read today from Eliphaz is similar to the didactic poetry of Psalms and Proverbs, which is just wisdom. You're just giving bits of wisdom. Um, It would be also like someone saying, God never gives us more than we can bear. What does that mean? It's like cliches. It's common wisdom of the time. But Job's words, when we get to actually Job speaking, they're not cliches. Mm. Job uses metaphors and amplification like we're talking about, figures of speech. But they're from deep in his soul. This isn't just an easy – this is what we say when people are grieving. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. is like from his deep in his soul. So often we don't see that, again, because it's um, poetry. Really quick, for example, Job 3 9 in the New Living Translation talks about the day of his birth. Um, let that night be childless, let it have no joy. It goes more talking about the light. But I'm going to do it from the Robert Alter, in the he- who's a Hebrew scholar, and explain this is a more of a poetic translation. Oh, let that night be barren; let it have no song of joy. Let the day cursors hex it; those ready to rouse Leviathan. Let its twilight stars go dark. Let it hope in vain, and let it not see the eyelids of dawn. Mm-hmm. So, do you see how it's just mm-hmm. that would be more of a he tr- he tried to show some of the poetry. So, um, there's so much. I could share about the poetry of Job. I will not go into that, but mm-hmm. just know if it seems dramatic, if it seems to be repeating it 's because it is poetry mm-hmm. that's a good point i love I love learning
0: the background of all of this and um and just seeing it from layers like it really is It's layers in the mm-hmm. poetry. Um, aspect is just it's so beautiful okay well we need to take a break and we'll be right back with the word of the day once we hear from our sponsor stay tuned
1: yeah the word of the day is testing Mm. That's not a fun word, Michelle. (laughs) That's not a fun word at all. So so testing means to examine, to investigate, to prove, to scrutinize. Now in the Bible, when it talks about testing, it usually means the soul is tested and that is not fun. Proverbs 17.3 says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Hmm. So what encourages me, though, is that God knew that Job would stand faithful. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that pointed him out. So just like Job had faith in God, God had faith in Job that he would stand strong, which is pretty amazing. That means when we're tested, God has faith in us, too. Mm-hmm. He believes we'll stand strong. Um, the testing, maybe it's a time for us to see how strong we can be, to lean into him more, to grow in our Mm -hmm. faith. But God has faith in us. I think that really just stood out to me. Like, God's like, look at my servant, Job. He pointed him out because he believed, God believed that Job would stand strong. He knew. He knew. You know, just as we're talking about
0: testing, I love to read missionary biographies. And Tricia, have you heard of Darlene Dibler-Rose? I have not. Well, she wrote this book, Evidence Not Seen, and it's her story of living through a Japanese prison camp during World War II. And Darlene and her husband went to Indonesia shortly after their wedding, and one of her prized possessions that she brought with her was her wedding book or her diary. It had pictures of them when they were dating, wedding pictures of her husband and her family, and a beautiful wedding certificate with the words written in gold ink. And okay, long story short. And all I've got to say is evidence not seen. It's a book that you really need to read. But Darlene's husband had been taken, um, shortly after they, they arrived in Indonesia. And then she was thrown in a Japanese prison camp. Um, and the testing that she went through is just incredible. I like, The human spirit came through, and I guess not even the human spirit, the Holy Spirit came through Mm. in her life in an amazing way because she went through some incredible testing. But the reason her story came back to mind when we were talking about this testing is that, again, while she was in prison, the conditions were horrific. And the Japanese and American planes, they were fighting the sky over the camp every night. There were bombs going off. And Darlene and the team or all the prisoners had to dig ditches and they would have to hide in them all night, every night. And then they would work all day. And one night, Darlene was hiding in a ditch and she remembered that she borrowed a friend's Bible and left it out on her bed. So that would be awful if the prison guards had found that Bible on her bed. So she ran back to the barracks to save the Bible, but the whole barracks had been bombed to smithereens. Even her mattress was burned up. Now, Darlene had escaped to the prison camp with her, with that diary, that wedding diary. And right on top of her burned up mattress, she could see her marriage certificate and the gold letters glowed even more beautifully than ever before on Mm. a burnt mattress page. She touched the certificate and the whole thing crumbled to pieces. And she cried out to God and she was like, oh Lord, that was the last thing I had. Did you have to take the last precious thing away? And she was ready to give up this self-control to be a good soldier for Jesus. And then God said to her, Darlene, this is what she felt him saying to her, Darlene, I love you. I want to make you beautiful like that gold writing. When you pass through the fire seven times, your faith will be pure and beautiful like gold. Fire makes your faith like gold. And so she said, okay, Lord. Darlene said, okay, put me through the fire. And, and we see that in Job. Okay, We we see a different instance, and I'm just sharing just a few words Mm -hmm. of what Darlene has said, because there were some complaints in her too. But we're going to see in Job over the next week or so, go through all these emotions because of a test. God picked him. God allowed Satan to test our man, Job. But in this test, we see God's sovereignty over evil. Like He even limited Satan to as far as he would go in this temptation scheme to prove Job wasn't as righteous as some might think. God limited Satan. And in the dark days of testing, like in Darlene's life, in our lives, Like, in that aftermath, we see God shine so, so bright if we look for him.
1: Yeah. And as I was reading through Job this time, it's like the book of Job is a gift for us. Mm -hmm. And before I thought, like, I don't want to read Job. It's so depressing. (laughs) Like, it's so depressing. But then I'm like, it's a gift because Job messes up. He says the wrong things. His friends say the wrong things. And God is faithful. God is faithful and life is hard and God is faithful and we're overwhelmed and God is faithful and God is there. And he still comes to Job. It's like, it's a gift because we're going to mess up. Our friends are going to mess up. They're going to say the wrong things. We're going to just like blame God sometimes and then apologize. Like, and it's a gift for us because we're going to see that God is there and God stays faithful.
0: Yeah, he is. He
1: is always faithful.
0: Trisha, will you pray for us? Pray for us through testing.
1: Mm.
0: that would shine, that we would come out shining for him.
1: Ah, Okay. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, testing is so hard. Lord, it's hard on us. It's hard when we see our friends going through testing and we wish we could take away some of their pain. Sometimes we do the right thing and just being with them. Sometimes we do the wrong thing and put our foot in the mouth and don't say the right thing and make dumb mistakes, Lord, but I thank you, Lord, that through the testing, you are faithful. I thank you through the testing, Lord, that we also shine like gold and that we that we will become pure because all the things that don't matter get stripped away. And then we discover what truly matters, is which is our relationship with you, God. I pray for those who are going through testing right now that you will strengthen them, that they will feel your presence like never before. And maybe Maybe there are some who are going through testing who have never turned to you. Lord, I pray that they will turn to you and that you will Mm. show up and be there and give them just a sense of your peace that they have never experienced. Lord, Mm -hmm. thank you, Lord, that you trust us, that Mm. you trust us enough to be tested. Mm. Um, And you know that we will shine as you um, are there with us. Mm -hmm. And I just thank you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we are sending you off with some
0: daily encouragement to get into the Word and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Again, if you don't have the one-year chronological Bible that we are using, we have links to that Bible in our show notes. You can even find it in the Kindle format. Also in the show notes is a monthly and yearly schedule of the Bible reading plan that we are following. So, tomorrow we are reading Job 5. Job 6 and Job 7. And I want to take a second here to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us in the Daily Bible Podcast. You go to lifeaudio.com. You're going to find dozens of other great Christian podcasts waiting for you on their network. Go to lifeaudio.com.
1: And we will see you here tomorrow. Bye-bye.